Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Just just while we're in an attitude of prayer, uh, thank God for the name of Jesus. Break every chain. Break every chain. Just before I have you seated this morning, let's take a moment. You came today, maybe you're you're bearing a burden. Maybe it feels like something just kind of got you chained in. It could be emotional. It could be just a, a mental attack. Maybe it's a physical attack. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Can you say amen? And this morning, what we're going to do is put everything beneath the name of Jesus. He breaks every chain. Can you say amen? And so today, that chain, whatever burden that you're bearing, cast all our care to him because he cares for you, cares for us, say for me. Let's pray right now. Lord, we just thank you that you do break every chain. Thank you for the power of your name, Jesus, Jesus. Every burden, every care we cast to you, every chain broken, whether it's sickness, whether it's sin, or whether it's a a burden in the heart, God, whatever it is, mental burdens and attacks and assaults, we break by the name of Jesus Christ and we say your name in faith, trusting that you are our chain breaker, Jesus. Say his name out, Jesus. One more time, Jesus, praise God. Isn't God good? God bless you, you can be seated this morning. We're gonna, I believe we're gonna have time in the Lord. I'm glad to be here, I hope you are. We're here, aren't we? Um, I'm, I'm going to be sharing t- today, and then I'm going to be uh, taking up part two <clears throat> on Wednesday night, a subject that is really uh, extremely important because it talks about our forever. How I many you know all of us are going to spend eternity somewhere? Now, there was a Sunday school teacher. She had a group of young kids, and she was trying to engage them, you know, get them excited. And so she, uh, she rallies the class at the beginning and says, how many of you want to go to heaven? And everybody raises their hand, yeah, yeah, except for one little boy. And he's sitting there with his arms crossed, looking like this. And so the, the teacher, the, she said, well, uh, don't, don't you want to go to heaven? And he goes, no. And now she's starting to get a little worried, you know. Gosh, kind of intense. And so she says, well, why ever not? And he says, I don't like peas. <laughs> and she goes, what in the world are you talking about? He says, well, you know, in the Christmas carol, it, it, they, we sing, sleep in heavenly peas. I don't like peas. (laughs) Sleep in heavenly peas. 
I don't like peas. So, so having said that, how many want to go to heaven today? That's pretty much everybody. There may be some here that don't quite like peas, but we'll move along. <clears throat> this uh, eternity, all of us are going to live forever somewhere. Uh, it's something I've been giving a lot of thought to over the last several years. I'm not really sure why. I've just been thinking about eternity and heaven and, and eternal aspects a lot more in the last several years. It could be because I'm getting older. <laughs> Truthfully, I was waiting for somebody to kind of just say, oh, come on, you're not, you're not that old. I gave you a second chance and nobody even responded. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> well, we'll move right along with that. And I, I have been thinking, but I, I don't really believe that it's my age that has got me thinking. It could be. But I believe that eternity is a lot closer than most of us realize. I remember in my teens, I do remember my teens, most, mostly, and I felt like in my teenage years, especially early teenage years, I felt like I was immortal, you know, like, and that's the reason why uh, me and my friends did some of the insane and stupid things we did. We felt like we were almost immortal, but then I blinked. And now I'm 63. I look in the mirror sometimes and I go, how in the world did that even happen? But listen, none of us will live this mortal life forever. The current mortality rate is 100%. And unless Jesus comes before then, we're all going to die. Uh, isn't that a pleasant thought for 909 on a Sunday morning? <clears throat> but it is true, unless the Lord comes before them, we're all going to die. Worldwide, three people die every second. That's 180 people every minute. Nearly 11,000 every hour, which means 250,000 people Every day, enter eternity. In James chapter 4 and verse 14, he says, Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now tell yourself or somebody, you're a mist. <clears throat> Our life is a mist, then it vanishes. Now, as scary as that may sound to some of us here this morning, we are not going to, you know, the mist vanish. We do not cease to exist. When this life ends, we are going to live forever somewhere. And that being true, we need to know more about it. Words that are associated with eternity as it's used in the Bible are everlasting, evermore, perpetual, 
always, long, and more. And I think that last word catches my attention above the others because that's what I'm looking for in eternity, more. Tell yourself there's more. More love, more peace, more joy, more contentment, more satisfaction. We know the song, can't get no satisfaction. There's a day that's coming for every believer where we will be completely satisfied. More life, more Jesus, there's more. Say it again, there's more. Don't miss Wednesday night. I'm going to be talking about what more we as believers have to look forward to. A whole lot more. If we're going to live forever somewhere, we should probably give it more thought. In Colossians 3, verse 2, it says, Think about things of heaven, not on things of the earth. Now, in this verse, it's not telling us just don't even think about anything on this life. It's not saying don't make plans. It's not saying to uh, not to even worry about making wise financial decisions. It's not saying don't worry about paying your electric bill this month. It's not, you shouldn't worry about it, but you ought to pay it. It's not saying that we just disregard and don't think about anything here. It's saying and telling us, because there's plenty of verses in the Bible that talk about good stewardship and financial management, caring for others, caring for our families, all of that that's involved in this life and in this world. But what the point is, is that we should not just focus on what's around us. In 1 Corinthians 15, 19, Paul writes, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If all we think about is what's going on in this world and in this life, you and I are going to be miserable because this isn't all there is. Can somebody shout, I believe that? There's more, more. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. This is a very important verse. God has put in every single person an understanding and an awareness of eternity. No matter how aggressively some may try to deny it or may try to ignore it, God has put within our hearts, every single person within their hearts has the understanding, I am going to live forever somewhere. Now, this is why I don't believe there's really any such thing as an atheist. Now, I want you to hear me in this. I'm not saying there, I understand there are people who deny the existence of God 
and that call themselves atheists and don't believe in anything beyond this life. And they, they say those things, but in their heart of hearts, every single person God has planted and put within them the knowledge and understanding of himself and eternity. Now, in this message and the one on Wednesday night, we're going to look at some of the truths about our life after this life, our forever. Now, eternity is one of those things and a concept that can be kind of hard for us to grasp. It's, it can be hard for us to get a hold of time that doesn't end, or more literally, when time ceases to exist. The reason this is difficult for us is because all we've ever known is this life and time. All the important events in our life uh, are wrapped up in time. Our birthdays, our kids' birthdays, uh, if, if we're married, our, our anniversaries. How many of you know that's an important day to remember? <clears throat> All of these important days are, are, are marked in time. And so this life, uh, we have calendars, we have clocks, we measure this life uh, by time, and it can be difficult uh, for us to understand uh, timelessness that is completely unending, something that is everlasting, evermore, perpetual, always, more. Say it again, more. My favorite illustration of the nature of eternity I heard uh, in a sermon preached by someone years ago when I was just a, a new believer, and he, it really uh, gives you a kind of a, an idea of this concept and how, how broad timelessness eternity is. And it went like this. If there was a dove that was able to take just one grain of sand and then had the ability to fly dove speed all the way to the moon and then once he got there, drop that one grain of sand, then come all the way back, dove speed, back to earth, getting a second grain of sand and making that trip again and again over and over until all the beaches on earth were exhausted, until all of the sand in the deserts were exhausted, it would only be like the first day of eternity. Eternity is forever. Now, in contrast, everything around us is temporary. This is important for us to understand. Life here and everything in this life, it's temporary. Tell yourself it's temporary. In 2 Peter 3 verse 10, this is pretty blunt. And he says, the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18 says, while we do not look at the things which are seen but of the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are 
eternal. Everything that we see here in, in this building this morning, the chairs, the lights, uh, uh, the screens, uh, the walls, everything, it's temporary. When we leave here this morning, we drive, drive home or drive to a restaurant, wherever we go, you see the trees, you see the roads, you see the rocks, you see the cacti, you see all of the stuff that's around cactus, uh, and everything that we see is temporary. Tell yourself or somebody, it's all going to burn. Now, at first, uh, first Corinthians 7 verse 31 says, it won't make any difference how much good you are getting from this world or how much you like it. This world as we know it is now passing away. Now, before anybody just really freaks out, uh, God is going to create, after this is all burned up, after this world is done for, God's going to create new heavens and a new earth. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. No more pollution. No more uh, lack of ozone layer, anything else, anything that would concern us uh, uh, in this earth and its temporary nature will pass away and everything will be brand new. God says uh, when he does that, I make all things new. I mean, you know, we could use some new things. <clears throat> Two important things for us to get about this temporary world. And firstly, we shouldn't set our hearts on stuff here because it's not going to last. Corinthians or Colossians 3 and verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Our houses, our cars, our toys, nothing's going to last. The things that we value in this life uh, the material things that we value in this life aren't going to mean much in heaven. I looked up this last week. Gold is selling, at least this several days ago, was selling at $1,288.15 an ounce. But do you know, heaven is so rich and so awesome God paves the streets in gold. Amen. We're going to walk on streets of gold. And, and listen, it's not like you and me are going to be up in heaven getting a crowbar out, going out to the street and prying up blocks of gold and take it in the house. Woo, man, I got a whole room full. <laughs> heaven is so rich and so vast, it's commonplace in heaven. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? Everything here, don't set your heart on it. It's temporary. There's a second thing that is a real encouragement for us who are believers in Jesus that are going through something difficult, and that is this. It won't always be this way. If you're going through a struggle or, or a tragedy or crisis, things are upsetting in your life, I have good news for you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, it won't always be this way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 
4 and verse 8 and 9, he says, but we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And then he continues in verse 16 through 18. Therefore, somebody say therefore. <clears throat> we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, say, I'm a mist, <clears throat> is working for us a far more. Now say, far more. <clears throat> An exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Knowing that this world and what's going on in this life here is temporary gives us, as believers in Jesus, perspective. It's not always going to be this way. Aren't you glad for that? In John 14, verse 1 through 3, Jesus is speaking, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and pre prepare a place for you, I like that he put that in there, don't you? Says it twice, I go to prepare a place for you, say for me. <clears throat> I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And again, Second Corinthians four eighteen, Second Corinthians four eighteen says, "While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal." All of us are heading to an eternal somewhere and something, and we need to be ready for it. Now, Cindy and I are planning a trip in June to go see her family in Wisconsin, and we've already made preparation. Fancy that. I have, I have uh, reserved us flights. We have reserved a rental car. We've reserved a room to stay in. Uh, it's, we're, we're still a month out, uh, but just this morning before church, Cindy was talking about uh, preparation, getting packing and getting ready for that trip. She's already thinking a month in advance about what she's going to wear, all of this. And that's, the, that's one of the, how many know men and women are different? <laughs> this is one of the differences between men and women. I, I, can, I can pack five minutes before I leave. I, I, you know why? Because I'm a slouch. No. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I'm just a guy, and I don't think that much about what I put on. If I put something on that looks weird, I got Cindy to help me out. And she, <clears throat> but she's already making plans, preparation, getting, getting things together in her mind, mapping things out. <clears throat> and she will have her bags packed days before we go. And so that, that's preparation, isn't it? This summer, a lot of people in Kingman are going to be going over to California to vacation. 
They'll go to Disneyland, Magic Mountain, go to the beach, all that, and they're going to be making preparations to go on that trip to California. I think it's pretty weird that a lot of people give more thought to a trip to California than they do eternity. If eternity is real, and it is, then we ought to give a lot more thought about it. Like, where am I going to spend it? Where am I going to live forever? What's it going to be like? Now, the Bible tells us there's only two places where everyone will spend eternity, heaven or hell. And this morning, hell is real, and we don't want to go there. A survey commissioned by U.S. News and World Report revealed that 64% of Americans believe that there is a hell. What might be surprising is that this poll indicated that more Americans believe in hell today than they did even in the 1950s. Now, there are several common views of hell I want to just touch on briefly. First of all, there are still those uh, who deny that there could, any, there could ever be a place such as hell. Some people believe uh, uh, that there's just no way that there could be anything uh, like a place such as hell. They think, and some people, they, they think it's just something that, the tall tale that preachers uh, have concocted just to make people do what they want them to do. And so, you know, if we threaten them with hell, we'll make them live right. Because if you don't, y'all going to burn. They're going to go to hell and, and all of that kind of thing. And so there are those who think there, uh, there, there's no hell. It's just something that, that preachers say. Listen, hell is a reality this morning. Hell is a reality. And there may be denial. There may be those who aggressively try to deny it or not to think about it. But it's real. There's second. There are some people who believe that hell speaks of earthly suffering. And this is a belief that hell is only the bad stuff we go through on earth. All of us have lived through days that it felt like hell on earth. We've been through some crisis or some tragedy that that day we, we make the state. Man, it was just like, it was like hell. But we have no comprehension of what hell truly is like. There's a belief, thirdly, that hell is annihilation. This is the belief that hell refers to the final destruction of all bad people. And so they just get burned up and cease to exist. Now listen this morning. There's no doubt that we need to get our information and our beliefs about hell from the truth of God's Word. Everybody has a philosophy, everybody has an idea, everybody has, I think so, I think this, I think that, but we need to get the truth from God's Word. And the Bible tells us plainly that hell is a real place of eternal suffering. Jesus obviously thought that it was important to speak about because He talked about hell and mentioned hell over twice as much as he did heaven. He talked about hell 56 times in the gospel, 
and heaven 24 times. Jesus said it was a place of torment. As he told the story of the rich man who went to hell four times in that story, it says that he was in torment. He was tormented. Luke chapter 6 and verse 23 talks about it. It's mentioned four different times in the story in hell where he was in torment. In Matthew 13, 41 and 42, Jesus said, The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus three times says that hell is a place where the fire is not quenched. Hell is eternal. Once a person is there, they're there. There's no pardon. There's no parole. There is no purgatory. Nowhere in the Word of God does it support the belief of a temporary place of suffering until someone prays them out or time off for good behavior. Jesus spoke of hell and eternity in this way. Matthew 25, verse 46, he called it everlasting punishment. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 2, eternal judgment. And I don't know if there's a way to rate the worst parts of hell, but I do think this must be one of the worst aspects of hell, and that is its finality and its eternity. So why talk about hell? Several weeks ago, I was online, and this is what sparked this message and this, actually this series, two-part series. And I was reading, and, uh, and I saw a statement that I really don't necessarily agree with, and it went like this. What we need is more hellfire preachers. And I know, I know that it is an important subject uh, to deal with, <coughs> and that's why I'm talking about it this morning. But listen, I don't necessarily believe that the answer for reaching uh, everybody is just to preach a lot more about hell. The Bible says in Romans 2 verse 4, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. When I got saved, it wasn't because I was threatened with hell. It was because somebody told me Jesus loved me, my life was an absolute mess, and that he could work a miracle in my life. And I said, here am I, Lord, help me. It was the love of God. It was the goodness of God that drew me to God. But that being said, it is important for us to know that hell is real. It's not a pleasant subject to talk about. People get pretty quiet when you talk about hell, but it is real, and people need to know. The only time we have to get ready for eternity is right now in this life. No one has, listen, no one has to go to hell, but Jesus clearly said there would be those who would. In Matthew 7, verse 13, he said, enter by the narrow gate, 
For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Listen, we're not going to escape hell by just being an American. Well, of course I'm going to heaven. I'm an American, aren't I? Just being an American's not going to be a ticket out of hell. Uh, we won't escape hell even by just going to church. Uh, just because we go to a church doesn't mean that we're going to escape hell, even a church like New Life. The only way we can know that we're going to escape hell is if we have surrendered and given our lives to Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. See the, the importance there, uh, the, the vital nature of that verse, whereby we must be saved. We must be saved. Those who are living here hear the gospel message. We must be saved. We must give our lives to Jesus Christ. Uh, the verses that follow, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, verse 17 and 18, says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It is important uh, to talk about eternity and about uh, the long nature of eternity because we need to be ready. We have to make a decision. We are in this life making choices. We're making a decision. And this is not only the most important decision we'll ever make in life, whether what we do with Jesus, that is the most important decision we'll make in life, but it is not only the most important, it is the most urgent. You and I don't choose if we will enter eternity. We're all going to live forever somewhere. We choose where we'll spend it. Our choice. We can only make that choice in this life. Once we pass through this life, eternity is fixed. Matthew 15, Jesus talked about eternal life or eternal damnation. And for those who have not yet made a decision for Christ, we're going to give you the opportunity right now. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. This is the most important decision any of us will ever make in our lives. And not only that, it is the most urgent, whereby we must be saved. Neither, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. 
the good news for us. It is, it's a solemn subject talking about eternity. It's especially solemn talking about hell and eternal damnation and these things. The wonderful news and the gospel, the good news, is that none of us need go there. And all we do is respond to God's love. God gave His only begotten Son, and now what we do, we respond to that. He didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world through Him might be saved. If we don't believe, we're condemned already. God help us this morning never to reject the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here. Maybe there are times in your life that you have. You, you kind of said, oh, well, maybe later. We do not know how much time we have here. We know that. We've had loved ones. We've had friends that have passed into eternity. We thought we, they would be here for maybe decades longer, and they just went into eternity. We don't know how much time we have, but we do know this. We know God loves us, and because He loves us, Jesus came and died and shed His blood for us, and now the decision is ours. What we do with Jesus Christ. Across this building, I want to ask just briefly, how many of you came to the service this morning? Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. No one looking around for a moment. No, maybe you've never given your uh, heart to Jesus, asked Him to come into your life. Maybe you've been away from Him for a long time and you just went off the rails sometimes back. But today you're saying, you know what, I came to this place and I, I, I want to ask God to forgive me. Come into my life, come into my heart, change me, forgive me. Here you've never been saved or you've uh, been away from God for a time. To, today you want to come back home. Nobody looking around for a moment. You just slip your hand up, heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. See these hands. Anyone else? Just pausing for a moment. God bless you. Honest hearts, you can put your hands down. Just pausing just a moment longer. Praise God. All right, I'd like for uh, those that you lifted your hands, would you just look up at me? You guys meant that. I know you did. Sir, you meant that, that decision, didn't you? I'd like for you to step out and come. I want to just pray for you here. Not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you. Go ahead and come, would you? Anybody else? Maybe I didn't see your hand lifted up. God bless you. Sure. Anyone who, the lights in here kind of makes it difficult. You'll just come stand right up here in the front. And maybe we get some, uh, some, some folks to come and just stand in behind them. Just go ahead. Yeah, just stand right in here. That's good. Anybody else that would like to come and join these? Come on in, sir. God bless you. We're going to pray with you guys. And what we're all going to do is we're going to all join in this prayer. It's going to be just a simple prayer. Jesus, I know I need you in my life. I know I need your forgiveness. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, Clayton, Manny, why don't you come on with your kids here? Yeah. <clears throat> Praise God. All right, let's bow our heads. And everybody, if you'd repeat this prayer along with me, just say it out loud. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. 
I believe you did it for me. I receive your forgiveness. I receive you into my heart as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for rescuing me for all eternity. Thank you for your promise to take care of me in this life and through all eternity. I am prepared for eternity because you shed your blood for me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your wonderful name, the name of Jesus, amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Just thank him. Praise God. Isn't the Lord good? God bless you. God love you. Appreciate your honesty. God bless you guys. Amen. We're going to, uh, if, if you guys would just hold on just for a second. Man, that step's a lot higher than it used to be. Wow, man. man. That 60-year-old, 63-year-old body getting up that man. Uh, praise God. You guys, I just want to encourage you, if you can be back on Wednesday night, and the rest of you as well, you're included in this announcement. Wednesday night, I'm going to be talking about the believers forever home heaven. It's going to be a great time. I want to encourage you to be out. God bless you guys. God love you. You can go your way. And, and, and you guys, be friendly with each other. If you saw one of these folks up here praying, just take a moment, uh, introduce yourself, shake hands, be friendly. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. Can't wait to see you next week.